We please rise in body or in spirit for a reading from the Gospel of John in the 16th chapter. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us, the church, today. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't hear them. You can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that your spirit of truth would dwell among us now, that you would open our ears, that you would enliven our hearts to do, to receive your word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. So I, I, I like to write, and I write a lot as part of my job, but I will make a confession to you today. I, I don't really understand how to use commas in my writing. I, I get the basics, but commas confuse me. I go with my gut when it comes to commas. What sounds right to me more than the rules which I can't ever really remember. So much of my writing is for sermons like this in this moment and it becomes a spoken event. So uh, I've been able to mostly avoid embarrassment for my misunderstandings of those little sideways bowls on the page. However, I'm fairly confident that if I were to hand my sermon manuscript to my 11th grade English teacher, Miss Stowers, that she would return them much like the essays that I wrote for her years ago with little red circles highlighting the random commas that I just sprinkle throughout the page. We're Facebook friends now, and she doesn't critique my grammar on Facebook, so either I've improved or she gave up. A comma on the page means that the sentence is not finished. There's more to come. A few years ago, the United Church of Christ used as its tagline the saying, never place a period where God has placed a comma. I love that. I went looking for where this uh, phrase came from, and much to my surprise, it was not from a famous theologian, but the comedian Gracie Allen. Y'all know Gracie Allen? Gracie Allen and her husband, George Burns, were a famous comedy duo in the, the, the mid-20th century. And as legend has it, the phrase is part of a note that Gracie left her husband of nearly 40 years before she died. Never place a period where God has placed a comma. Such wisdom. The televangelist Pat Robertson, hearing of the UCC's campaign, shot back, will never place a comma where God has put a period. God has spoken. 
Indeed, God has spoken, but what, what Jesus, the living incarnate word of God, said to his disciples before he was taken into heaven was that I still have things to say to you. I still have things to say to you. The death and resurrection of Jesus, his ascension into heaven, does not mean that God has said and done all that God intended. Not at all. Jesus was departing, but he still had so much more to say. His message to his disciples was that the end of his life on earth was not a period on the word of God, but a comma. God has spoken. God is still speaking. I have so much I want to tell you, said Jesus. So keep listening. So friends, today is uh, Trinity Sunday. The Holy Trinity is the Christian understanding that God exists in three distinct yet inseparable persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like commas, the Trinity is something I feel more than completely understand. There is much that has been written on the mysterious holy dance of God's being. There are correct answers, I'm sure, that can be given. And there are no shortage of heresies. There are pictures, like this one on the front of your bulletin, uh, that try to capture an image of the Trinity. You could see the way three distinct circles are interwoven, a triangle around, all imposed on the cross. One of my favorite attempts to explain the Trinity is from a youth at my former church. During a confirmation class where we were wrestling with the idea that God is one, and that we know God is one, but we also know God in these distinct persons, it was Lauren who said, oh, like three-in-one soap. It's one substance, but it's shampoo, it's conditioner, and it's body wash. A perfect, adorable heretic. But I wasn't doing much better. So God is creator, parent, father of Jesus. God is son, the incarnate, the son of God, the flesh of Jesus Christ. God is Holy Spirit, the, the advocate, the comforter, moving breath of wisdom and life. God is, God is mystery, and yet God is known. What is helpful is to know that God is alive. And the Trinity, in the Trinity, God is alive and God is active and God is speaking and God is working and God is bringing forth life and the enjoyment of life through a holy relationship. That is, God has always been this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All that you see, all that you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness translates Eugene Peterson. And then God's breath, God's Holy Spirit, it brooded like a bird over the watery abyss. And then God spoke light, and light appeared. 
And God saw that light was good. And so God kept speaking, and all that ever was, and all that is, and all that will ever be, became, and it was good. And God looked over everything that God had made, and it was good, so very good. And so God continued speaking. And then one day, God's word became flesh, and blood, and baby, born of Mary. God's word became human, entered our world. When Jesus was betrayed and crucified, God kept speaking. Out of the darkness of death's sealed grave, God spoke. Life prevailed over death. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. So the Holy Spirit that brooded over the watery chaos of pre-creation was sent to brood over our current chaos. God is still speaking. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is guiding, speaking the word of God to us. God has spoken, but God is not finished. So how do we make sense of all of this? Must we? Must we understand in order to know the grace of God, the value of life together in discipleship? hope of the resurrection? Must we understand? No. No. In fact, we cannot. We cannot understand, but we can embrace. We can embrace the one who is already embracing us. We can embrace the mystery of creation, of the universe, the mystery of God's forgiveness and grace. The mystery of these unique relationships that we have on earth, the mystery of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the commas spread generously throughout the unfinished story of creation. God did not create us in order that we figure it all out and understand it all. God created us that we trust and that we love that we enjoy and celebrate this life lived with God and all that God has made. That's why God created us to trust, to love, to enjoy, to celebrate forever. The Trinity is an invitation for us to become lost in the wonder and the awe of God, noticing simply that God exists in a divine relationship and not alone, that we exist not alone, but in a holy relationship with God and all that God has made. We are invited to not put a period on what we think we know, but a comma, open to the mystery of God and the universe, noticing what has come before us, noticing what we are in the midst of, and to wonder helplessly but hopefully about what may come next. As Charles Wesley's famous hymn declares, lost in wonder, love, and praise. I love how the psalmist puts it. When I look up into the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them. I wonder... 
I wonder, what are human beings that you, O oh God, are not finished with us? That you care for us, that you are still speaking to us, that you are still asking us to notice how active is your love for us. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul is in a way trying to remind early Christians that God is not finished speaking and acting in the world. When Pat Robertson said, don't put a comma where God has put a period, God has spoken. What he misses is that God's word is still active and alive in the world because humanity is still in need of what God provides. Hope. In these days where so much seems uncertain, frightening, sometimes we want something concrete to comfort us. Maybe it's not helpful to hear the triune God is beyond our understanding, is known most in our wonder and our love. The early Christians lived in a very uncertain world, as we do. There was persecution and suffering. There was despair. This week it was reported that in the United States, so-called deaths of despair are at an all-time high. These are deaths from suicides, drug overdoses, and alcohol. These are deaths related to suffering, to hopelessness, to helplessness. Hopelessness sneaks into minds too chaotic, too frantic, too anxious or sad, too pained to find beauty and meaning looking at the heavens and the works of God's fingers. For those who have lost hope, it becomes imperative that someone is there to speak the truth, to give hope, to encourage, to keep breathing in deep breaths of God's holy breath, to seek life, to whisper or to shout into the face of despair. Do not put a period here. God is still speaking, still acting. Paul told those who are suffering that their pain must not define them. They must know that God is there. Paul says, don't put a period because God is alive. God is active. God will not let suffering define us. God will not let suffering be pointless. Suffering, while never caused by God, is transformed by God, who has always been bringing life where no one expected it. Suffering taken into the hands of God, says Paul, produces something. It produces endurance, and, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope is active. Hope is alive. God is at work, bringing hope out of suffering, and hope does not disappoint us. Hope can even save us. God is pouring love into our hearts. God still has so much to say, and his word is love. His word is hope. Don't put a period on the activity of God. God is still breathing. A few years ago, I noticed, started noticing a trend. People with uh, tattoos of little semicolons. Did you ever notice that? Did you ever see those? Tattoo of a little semicolon on a wrist or, or on an arm, on an ankle, on a finger. I saw one right here. 
Perhaps the only thing more confusing than a comma is the comma's sibling, the semicolon. In English grammar, the semicolon is used when you could end the sentence with a period, but you choose not to, to keep the sentence open, to add more. Project Semicolon is an organization dedicated to the prevention of suicide. And they started the movement of the semicolon tattoo. Those who have suffered depression, substance use disorders, self-injury, suicide. They saw in the semicolon the conscious choice to not put a period on their life, but a new beginning, to stay alive. Even in the midst of suffering, to be open to God's mysterious embrace of hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Hope does give us new life. Hope does draw us together. Hope does lift us to gaze upon the works of God and find love and wonder and praise again. Hope does open us to listen again for all that God has been wanting to tell us. And hope does go on and on and on. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.